Welcome to Beauty is Eternal. In-depth interviews that inspire. I'm Caitlin, your host for the show. Today's episode is called The Haute Interiors Sarah Rahal on the Power of Beautiful Interior Design. Have you ever wondered why you feel so good in one place and why you feel not so good in another? This space around us has a powerful impact on the space within us. A beautiful landscape, a beautiful design, a beautiful building, beautiful flowers, they can all transform our emotional state of being and bring happiness where there was sadness and bring calm where there was agitation. Perhaps in some way, the space within us even reflects the space around us. Today, we have with us the amazing interior designer and my personal favorite interior designer so that we can look into this a little bit more in depth and figure out what's really going on. Sarah Rahal is the founder and designer of the Holt Interiors, also known as THI, based in Chicago. I first encountered Sarah via her Instagram and fell in love with her designs. Who was this woman that made every home look like a dream come true? I had to find out, and find out I did. Sarah has a degree in architecture from the American University of Sharjah and has designed places and spaces around the world. She previously worked in Dubai before launching her own business. She was recently featured in Harper's Bazaar Arabia and you can check out Sarah's designs on her Instagram where her username is the Oat Interiors, spelled out T-H-E-H-A-U-T-E-I-N-T-E-R-I-O-R-S or check out her website directly at behance.net slash T-H-I Interiors. Today, Sarah will explain how she merges the classical with the bold and the modern, plus share design tips with us. Am I only me? Or am I me plus the space around me? I don't know. Maybe Sarah knows. Let's find out. Welcome to the show, Sarah. I am thrilled to meet you. I love your design work. I'm obsessed with your Instagram, so I'm really excited to meet you today. Well, thank you, Caitlin. Thank you for having me today. I'm very happy to be with you. So you have an amazing Instagram, and I read an article about you in Harper's Bazaar recently, but I want to know some more about you. So could you tell me where you grew up and how you first became interested in the power of design and space? I did grow up in Dubai. I was born and raised in Dubai, and I've always had like an eye or interest in beautiful spaces. And I've always realized the effect it has on me as I enter any space. And if I love it, if it has a lot of sunlight for me, it just cheers me up automatically. So I've realized that. And I've also, I was in Dubai in that time where Dubai was growing, like, I don't know if you know, but it was growing very rapidly, like in the 90s and early 2000s. 
and I took great notice of, you know, the, the architecture that was coming up and how the whole thing, you know, the whole scene was changing and transforming. Um, and I've also noticed that architecture that was happening there, how it transformed the city and all those interior spaces that were coming up and everything was so fancy over there that Dubai was a great example for me and how it was changing and how the architecture and the design field were really moving over there. And I think that played a really big role in how I saw cities and design and architecture and just interiors and art in general. You know, it's interesting because Dubai is known for its, you know, massive, imposing skyscrapers. And where you live now, Chicago, also has a ton of skyscrapers. True. Yeah. Do you think that sort of the imposing building style had an effect on the way you saw space and design? I'm definitely a city girl and I love cities. Uh, And that's another reason why I love Dubai and I love Chicago very much. It's the fact that those cities are really, I find them more than beautiful. Like really, they make a big statement. I uh, do think they're very, very related like Chicago and Dubai in the sense skyscrapers and uh, the beautiful architecture and the the modern architecture if you want. I'm actually an architect. I studied architecture before moving into interior design and that's why I keep talking about architecture a lot. (laughs) Well when I think of both of the cities like the word bold comes to mind and when I think of your designs they're also very, very bold. So I feel like I can see little traces of the cities that you love in the pictures of your designs that I've seen. Thank you. My designs are very, um, they're a mix of styles and most of my designs, but then uh, I do use some bold elements and sometimes colors. Definitely my clientele is more not the uh, traditional type. They're more the ones that want something a little different, you know, boldness if you want, or a little playfulness in their space. Mm-hmm. Very sophisticated spaces that you create, I think. Well, thank you. <laughs> what made you want to bridge from being an architect to being an interior designer? They're related fields, but what inspired you to make that transition? So basically, when I got into college for my bachelor's degree, I did apply for interior design because I knew that I, that was very close to my heart. It was then that I just moved into architecture because I felt that space planning starts there with architecture and it gave me a sense of design from a you know broader perspective. And then I realized that as an architect, you can always move in to focus and continue working on a more specific field of design, whether it is urban planning, industrial design, landscape design, or even interior design. So from the start, I knew interiors was really what I want, but I also loved architecture and I know how closely related they are. And the fact that as an architect, you can always work interior design. And I think that's why as I graduated as an architect and I worked as an architect for some time, but eventually I had to go back to my first passion. Well, the great thing about the background in architecture and interior design is architecture is like the overall kind of look at, you know, the building and the structure and interior design is to look at the inside. True. way, you have specialized in understanding the structure. So you have like the micro and the macro 
together. In uh, true, true. Awesome. And architecture is actually very important because it sets the spaces, you know, the interior spaces. It sets how everything works together and the scale of things. And so the, all the space planning is done at an architecture level when you're actually space planning the whole building or the whole house. Of course, when the interior is early in the process, interior design is early in the process, then there's a close relationship between both and interior design plays an important role in, in specifying spaces or... So yeah, like I say, interiors are early in the process, then of course it's even better. But generally, uh, space planning is done when the architecture design is, is under process. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So normally when a building is designed, I mean, unless somebody is building their own building, the space is there. And then as an interior designer, you work with the dimensions of the existing space. That's true. But if the interior designer is working early in the process, then they can have their suggestions as in how they see the interior of the space working. Like, let's say, let's make this space larger here, take away mm -hmm. from that space and make this space uh, bigger. Let's make that the location of this over here, or let's not have this partition over here or that wall over mm -hmm. here. You know what I mean? So, of course, it's very important. Um, and we always recommend that interior designers works early in the process because, you know, otherwise... We have things that are set and there's so much room that we can, you know, play around with or change during the interior design process. I see what you mean. So as an interior designer, if you're involved with other architects in the original creation of the building, then you have a lot more freedom to make sure that, you know, the building looks on the inside the way you'd want it to look versus if you come to a completed space, then you have to work with what's there versus creating exactly. exactly what I was trying to get at that's true that's very cool so how much of interior design is science for example figuring out the dimensions of things and measuring things versus the feelings and tuitions that would come when you know the personality of the people who will be living in or visiting the space and using your intuition to say what would look amazing. Like, because when you design a space, you obviously have to know the room is this size. This is this mm -hmm. size. You can't just, you know, guess. But you also right. have to know, okay, the people living here, they have this type of feeling or the guests that will be coming here, they act this way or they are these type of people. How mm -hmm. do you work with these two elements together? So uh, it's really both, honestly. Like both are very equally important. It's knowing the exact dimensions of things and the feeling that you have as a designer and your understanding of what the client wants. So one cannot work without the other and both need to be considered very equally. As a designer, you can never work without dimensions, of course, like you mentioned, and knowing the scale and proportion of things. Otherwise, everything will be off. Nothing will fit and, and, and things will, will just not look right. But Knowing scale of things also gives you a framework to work within. And so it is a must-have skill for any designer. But the other part of your question is, in my opinion, that sets one designer from the other. That's uh, where your eye, your style, and personality as a designer comes into play. The first part, of course, knowing scale and dimensions, and that's something you can learn from school and from experience. But that second part where your style and personality as a designer comes in that's something that cannot be taught to you it's really either you have it or you don't 
So that's sort of like, it's not something that you can learn in the school or from a book. It's not something anybody can tell you. It's something that needs to come from... From your experience, from your eye, from the way you, mm. you see things. But both are very equally important. You cannot have one without the other to be a designer. It's interesting that the field is such a balance of then exactness with emotion in some way. It definitely is. Just design in general is. Any type of design we could talk about it has to have both. Even in art, like for arts and for an artist, it's the same thing, you know. It's those two that come into play very equally, even in architecture. Um, it's just generally, but interior even more because interiors, you have somebody living in that space. So, you know, that emotion is, is coming onto you every single day. So it is really very important to understand uh, what your client likes, what they don't like. They come to you for a reason because they relate to the style that, you know, you've shown in your work or the mood. So, <laughs> so it's really mixing also your, your mood with the client's mood. Well, that must be why I was drawn to your design as well. You're so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> you were talking about how you want to make a you know, beautiful, intimate space for whoever is going to live in this space because it will be their home. Mm -hmm. How do you think, for instance, a beautiful, well-organized home that suits the personality of the homeowners sort of affects them emotionally, mentally, versus being in a space that is a mismatch to their feelings, a mismatch to their personality. How do you think that these kind of affect people physically, mentally, emotionally? So like, I'm just going to tweak about the organized space. Of course, uh, you need, like any person, will feel much better when they're in an organized space. Uh, regardless of what space it is. But just to try to answer your question, so being in a space that does not reflect, you know, our preferences in general or who we are uh, versus being in a space that ac accurately or closely reflects who we are and how we would like to live definitely makes you feel different. Like, will have a much more positive impact on you and your life. Because as a designer, you think uh, of the broader picture of scale, proportion, composition, colors, lighting, etc. So you think of a lot of things that play a role in how the space looks and feels. Let's say you're a classical person in general, like in your thinking, in your fashion style, your interior style. And I give you something that does not go with you, you know, bolder or louder or more contemporary. You'll always feel out of sync if you know what I mean, like you're not in harmony with that space. It's not you, no matter how beautiful that space is. There's always like a space that we imagine ourselves living in, whether it's a space or an office, it just, this is us. So that's why I try to relate that, like what the client really wants with their style, their real style, their personality, and elevate that, like give them what they want, plus have my own touch and, you know, take it a step further for them. And of course, the other way around, if you're a more modern or contemporary person and, you know, like more color, cheerfulness in your space, and I give you something classical, that's not going to work for you. <laughs> uh, that's not, it's just not, in the decorating sense of your question, is always important. 
but to talk about like you know the style and because I look at more than organized I look at you know giving you this spatial feeling and and the mood and the color and the lighting that you will feel yourself in that will affect your lifestyle positively so it sounds like you use a process of trying to get to the heart of the personality of whoever's going to live in the home when you're designing it and try and bring out the feelings that they want to feel in the design. Absolutely important. Their personality and their style is absolutely very, very important to me. Yes, that's why you have to understand that right off the bat, like from the start of the project. How do you figure that out? Of course, like you talk to them, you get to know them a little bit more. You try to understand what they want, what they need, what they're trying to achieve. And then, of course, uh, you try to understand their style. I look at, you know, other projects that they like. So once I see what they're drawn into, I right away understand what they're seeking and what they're trying to have. So it's a process of, I ask them questions, I sit down with them, try to understand them. Either I sit down with them if they're like, you know, close, like around you know, my area, or if they're international or out of the state, then uh, I do have uh, a questionnaire that I send to them and they answer all these questions. We have calls or video calls, whatever it takes to actually, you know, get to know your client on a closer level. I see. So you're just trying to understand them better initially. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you understand them better and you see more of what they like, then you start to propose potential themes and designs to them. Yes. So basically, uh, once you try to set, you know, your understanding of their requirements, of their style, everything they're trying to achieve in their the space that they want designed, then uh, you, of course, you move forward. Once everything is set, then, of course, we start the design process where we do a concept for the design and preliminary furniture layout, show them uh, the mood and the color scheme. We try to set a color scheme. And of course, uh, these are things that you do right at the start of the project when you first start the design process. And, you know, that also, that concept stage also helps uh, try to understand and confirm your understanding of the client's style and needs. Okay. I'm curious what you said about the color scheme for a room or for a space. Can you talk a little bit more about color schemes and you notice certain personality types drawn to certain color schemes or Mm -hmm. which ones you like the most? Yes. So, of course, like a lot of clients don't like red, for example. Um, Yes. I mean, you have to understand what colors they love, like um, cool colors, warm colors, jewel tones, whatever they usually tell you. And you'll know that when they, you know, you see what kind of, rooms they're like, or when you look at pictures of room designs that they like, you'll understand what colors, if they're neutral, kind of, you know, they like the neutral colors, or they like colorful spaces, and you'll get an idea of the tone of colors and, you know, the colors they're drawn into. That's really cool. What do you think is the most exciting part of the process of designing, finding the perfect design for a space? And what for you is, on the other side, the hardest part of finding the perfect design for a space? Basically working between, you know, staying within the client requirements and spatial characteristics and capturing the style, again, of the client while adding your own touch as a designer. That's, I think that's the exciting part of the process. 
you know, the more challenging part of the process probably when you come later, as we were talking later in this construction stage, when there isn't much room for changing, for example, you know, if electricity points are already set or ceilings are already done, you know, and you're just coming later, that would be a little more challenging for us. That makes sense. So for you, finding the balance between what the client wants, you know, what your eye tells you, the space, that is right. the most exciting part. But the hard part is when you have more limited capabilities, when you're limited by the space or if something's already there. Mm-hmm. That's true. And there's, uh, and we can't, you know, change much. Like as a designer, you have to have the ability to even, you know, positively change and transform that space. And we can still do that, but so it won't be as huge or big as of an impact as if we had been there from the start and we have set up everything that has to do with the interior, where the TV is going to be. A lot of clients have already their points and, you know, I just have to work with what they have Mm -hmm. and that's fine. And we do the best with what we have, but of course, it's preferable if um, we as the interior designers have a say on that because we take the space into consideration uh, from the start. That's understandable. Before our interview, I was telling a friend that I'm interviewing you and she said, oh, maybe she can give you some tips for your home. And I was laughing yes. and I was like, well, maybe, maybe she should start a series called like Help My Home. <laughs> Oh, wow. I was just laughing at the end of like walking through on a video with somebody being like, can you help my home? (laughs) They have so many TV shows about that, about like bringing in a specialist to help improve a space. That's a cool idea. Let's let's do a show. (laughs) It would be actually good. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a very popular thing. There are so many... TV shows, you know, home improvement, people love the idea of somebody coming in magically transforming their space, which is maybe not optimized for their size Mm -hmm. or dimensions of where they live or their personalities. So I was just, I was just laughing. I was like, I don't think our interview is about her helping my space, but... But I'd be happy so many to. People, I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> I so many people love that. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Absolutely. I mean, if you have any questions. <laughs> well, you already did. I already was showing my boyfriend. I'm like, oh, look at this. Maybe one day we can have a home like this. Idea. <laughs> you know, in Germany, they have the concept called a messy. It's so funny because sometimes they take adjectives that we use in English and they turn them into nouns like, a mobile phone is called a handy because it's handy. Oh, yeah. yeah a messy person is called a messy. I know. Uh, in interesting. Yeah. So you have um, these shows about quote unquote messies, which mean messy people in plural. It's an actual German word, messies. So it could be like from messy to bestie or something. <laughs> Just the same as, you know, what happened here when I moved from Dubai to the States how much you get to learn of the different culture, even even the language itself. I mean, I mean, no, I mean, English has always been my second language, but certain phrases that are, you know, native to, you know, the people that live in a space and how much you just get to, to learn from that. I mean, moving is always something, it's a great experience. Well, you have seen so many designs, you've seen different places, so you already have gathered a wealth of knowledge and experience 
Where do you find new inspiration and new ideas in your day-to-day -day life? So other than the architecture or exterior of the building or house, as well as, like we've discussed, the client's preferred style, I also try to draw inspiration from the client's style and then the spatial layout again. But sometimes even a piece that I know I'll be using in that area or in that home or that living room. Let's say it could be a rug, it could be a wall art piece. So just knowing I could take my inspiration from there. So it can really be, you know, from as big as the architecture of the building itself, you know, the, like the exterior style or sometimes just a small, you know, accessory that I'll be using or like I said, art or a piece of furniture. So it can come from a very different, you know, things. I see what you mean. Anything can be like a microcosm of what a space could look like or could be part of a space. Mm -hmm. Of course, yes. And you try to relate it or have, you know, use some patterns that throughout your space that relates to, you know, a piece, for example. I'm just giving you an example. One of the things I like the most about your designs is the way you use lighting. I love mm -hmm. the chandeliers you use. I love in the pictures the way certain areas are lit up. I think you're a master at that. Lighting is tough for a lot of people, actually. When my boyfriend and I moved into our new apartment, we got a, the help of an interior designer specifically for lighting because we're both quite clueless. Can you talk a little bit about lighting, about how you find the perfect light for a space? To be clear, lighting is really, thanks for this question, uh, Caitlin. Lighting is one of the most important elements in the design. Like, I, and I cannot stress that this enough. Lighting is, especially to me, it is, I always say it is the most important element. But there are two parts of lighting because there's the natural lighting and there's the decorative lighting. And I'm not sure if you're trying to ask me about the amount of lighting that's in a space or you're talking about the fixtures, but both are very equally important. You need to have enough lighting in a space. I always prefer well-lit spaces, natural sunlight, but sometimes we don't have much room because that's already set up by the architecture of the space. So sometimes we can, sometimes we can enlarge windows. It depends on how much room we have and where in the process we are. But if we don't, then of course we do accent lighting. We have lighting in space. We use floor lamps and wall lights. So decorative lighting definitely adds to the drama of a space and of course helps set the mood of the space. So that and natural light is very important. It's very, very important to have enough light in any room in your house. So like I said, lighting is definitely for me the most important and it, it has the power to transform a space from like ordinary to extraordinary. You know, it can just put a wow factor on even if on the outside of your building like you can have a very normal looking building or house and then just put a few accent lights outside that will you know just change that look of the house completely and imagine on the interior and it also sets the mood some people like you know it depends on what is it an office is it a living room is it a kitchen space so of course we study all of that we specify like this amount of light in a space based on those studies, like how many spotlights we need, you know, what's enough for this space. And then comes the fixtures, like the lighting fixtures, how that chandelier is going to look, what type of chandelier, and how is it going to relate to the space. 
So what it's giving us and how it's going to look, of course. So in that sense, lighting is just very important. I see what you mean. The lighting of a space can have a huge impact on how you perceive the space. So even a very beautiful space with bad lighting won't look as good, and a simple space with great lighting won't look good. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. And also, when you were talking about that, I think every person has had the experience where there's a terrible lighting somewhere and you don't look good, nobody else looks good, and it's kind of depressing versus you go to a great lighting, you look good, everybody else looks great, and, you know, people feel better also because it's also how they perceive other people, how they perceive themselves, so. True, and of course, it's just better, you know, like, for example, in the States, 70% of homes are not lit enough. There's not enough lighting in, that, in those spaces, like, they don't meet the requirements. And then sometimes you just get used to it, but it's not even good for your eyes. Mm. So, yes, lighting for me is always a priority. It's on the top of my list. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of lighting and the impact of, you know, the appearance of things, what are your thoughts on feng shui? It became very popular in the U.S., I don't know, 10, 20 years ago. It was on all the right. How to feng shui things properly, sort of like trying to get the energy right, if I understand it correctly. Is that something you pay attention to? Is that something I pay attention to it? I don't always like, you know, stress the word feng shui in my work, but like the main idea is, of course, trying to get the right energy and trying to use, you know, natural elements as much as I can, the natural lighting, plants sometimes. Yeah. yeah taking into account how things look energetically and how they feel you're not following the rules of feng shui that you should not have i don't know yes i'm not really following those rules exactly but of course i totally understand that you know you need to have some natural elements in your space you need to have that energy flow mm -hmm. you know the location of your mirrors and and so the general sense yes i do uh, understand but like i don't really follow you know very strict rules <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you already have so many other things to take into account with the space and the homeowner and the feeling and everything else. So if you had to follow rules of feng shui, that would make I mean, you're, when, you know, when you're looking at how people are moving in a space, it's already there, you know, without yeah. me being like an, an expert at feng shui, it's, it's already there because you have to make sure everything is in harmony you know, looking at scale of things and, you know, like having one focal area, not too many things that are clashing together, breaking down the space, you know, I mean, it's all harmony at the end of the day. You're, all you're trying to do is to create harmony in a space mm. visually. And uh, that affects your well-being in that space when you live in that space. I like the phrase you used, harmony. Yeah. I think grandeur and harmony are a good way to describe your designs. That just came to me. Yes, we're more luxury designers, if you want, if I may say. Most of our works is like has the hotel-like look, and that's what like sets us apart because our clients want that kind of look. So um, you could call it grand, yes, and a little bit of glam as well. <laughs> 
What misconceptions do you think people have about interior design in general? When they confuse it with interior decor. <laughs> What's yes. the difference? Like feng shui is more like it's with the way you decorate things more than you know when you're space planning interior design is more you're planning the space itself like you're thinking of how you circulate in a space you're thinking about how you see it how you feel it what you're going to see as soon as you enter where you're going to look when you enter into a space what's your main feature it's an important question because the misconception is you know again it's like between decor and interior design interior decor is just basically putting together like you know accessories and just putting furniture sometimes you're losing you know the sense of proportion or when you're doing it but but for interior design you're you're looking at at ceilings like how you're gonna relate the ceiling to the whole scale of the room it's about lighting and the amount of lighting like i said you study how much lighting you need in a space you need to take into consideration like all the ducting work and the ac and as an interior designer, you can even, like I said, break down walls. You know, you can suggest that you can, like the wood cladding or marble cladding on walls. A lot of things, whereas interior decor is more like, you know, like just furniture and accessories. But interior design is like the whole space and the finishes, like from top to bottom. The selection of furniture is very important, of course, but like there's a lot that comes to work before that. In interior design whereas um, interior decor York, that's the kind of main thing I understand what you mean so mm -hmm. it almost sounds like interior design is looking at the soul of a space it would be the difference between helping somebody choose accessories for their outfit or choose what they're gonna wear versus taking into consideration I don't know, their body shape, where they're going. Yes, making them lose a few pounds first. <laughs> making them work to do. Making them, making them work out for six months. <laughs> yes. Meditating, uh, like. Yeah. Okay. Uh, total makeover. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. It would be the difference between, you know, one hour makeover and, you know, spending a couple months trying to get somebody into their yes. best yeah. shape. <laughs> Probably a good example. <laughs> Didn't think about it this way before, but that's interesting. Well, just when you're mentioning accessories, that always makes me think of jewelry and like putting the finishing touch on things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's a. I think it, this example is interesting, and it's just uh, the right example. <laughs> Have you ever encountered like the perfect space where you were like, "Oh my god, this is like my dream to design." And have you ever encountered a space where you're like, oh my God, I can't work with this. It's everything I don't like. Or how has that been for you? To be honest with you, I really think every project I get is a challenge and is interesting for me and, and presents, you know, new challenges. I never think that, oh no, I don't want to design a space. Actually, if it's not a perfect space, I always feel like, I can't wait to see what I can do with it. Like how I can transform it to the best way it can be. If you know what I mean. It really becomes a challenge for me to get the best out of the space. Like to surprise my client in a good way, of course, how this space could have, you know, come from here to, you know, to there. 
I like every single project. I've never felt like, no, I can't work with this space. I don't feel like there's a space that I don't, you know, I don't want to work with or I don't like to work with. I love every space. And to be honest with you, the spaces that are more, you know, like challenging or, or difficult become more challenging for me personally to um, do the best I can with them. Hope I answered your question. Yeah, but that's cool. So it's like you get to show off your skills more and you like a challenge, it sounds like. So the more challenging the space the more Mm -hmm. calls up to the front, you know, your skills and your talent and your energy. So it sounds like that's actually an enjoyable process for you when it's not an obvious answer. Yes, sure. Would you have any advice for somebody who loves your designs, but let's say can't afford to work with you or an interior designer in general right now? Do you have any simple tips that people could use to make a difference in their own homes? So for instance, if you were telling a couple just in general without seeing the space and they're like, oh, you know, we're getting a new home. Is there anything that you would recommend that they keep in mind? Again, we say lighting, lighting, lighting. Try to get a house or, you know, if you're buying a house that offers you a lot of natural light. Of course, what's your priority in terms of space? Do you want the bigger living room, the bigger kitchen, things of that sort? I recommend neutrals for like walls and main furniture pieces. I do recommend going neutral with those elements because then you can use like pillows and throws and and maybe a rug that can add color to your space. I like to use blue or green sofas sometimes. It depends on the design. But generally, I would say if the client doesn't know what they really like, then I would say stay neutral and then add colors, pops of colors here and there. Focus on lighting, use nice lighting fixtures and wall art. That's uh, pretty much uh, my general (laughs) recommendations. I like those basic guidelines. If you have a nice well-lit space with neutral basic settings, and you won't get bored of them, especially if you really don't know if you really, really, you know, love that color or not, or you're into color or not, or what colors you're into. Plus, you know, big pieces that are, you know, colorful. We tend to, as humans, we tend to get bored of it with time <laughs> or very quickly. I mean, if you're not planning to change it within a year or two, I would recommend going neutral and then adding pops of color. I like that advice. And what if somebody wants to work with you? So we have our projects, our latest project on behance.net slash THI interiors. So they get an idea of our work. And then, uh, of course, our Instagram page and our number is on their email. So you can email us their plans, their requirements, because that's the first step to actually look at the plans of the client or potential client. We look at their plans first to try to understand, you know, what spaces we're looking at. And then, like I mentioned before, we try to understand the client, have a call with the client, try to understand their style and their requirements and what kind of, you know, interior design uh, style they're after. Once everything is set, then we, we do the concept and then set the color schemes, the furniture layout and the direction of the design. If everything is okay, then we go into the more, you know, detailed process of design, which is the second phase of the design process. And then there we consider every, you know, the design of every element of the space. 
And for the client, we produced high-resolution 3D imagery and views so that they can get to see their full home, how it's going to look when it's all completed. So they get to see these very realistic images that give them a feel of, and they can just see how everything is going to look together, you know, everything that we specified and everything that we've worked on. And then, of course, we move on to producing all the detailed drawings and specifications, you know, everything needed for the fit-out builder or contractor to get on board with the interior execution. So, yep, and that's pretty much in a nutshell how the process goes. Well, it sounds like a very detailed and personalized and in-depth process. The best way for them to get in contact with you on is so to get in touch, the best way would be email or WhatsApp. So our email is info at thi-interiors.com. And our number is on our website and on our Instagram page. So it's uh, 708-465-5596. And I'm going to link to all of this in the notes on the website. Mm-hmm. And so I'll link to your behance.net profile. And also on Instagram, I recommend everybody follow you. Your username is the Old Interiors. Yes, the Odd Interiors. That's right. Mm-hmm. The Odd Interiors for the Instagram page, it's T-H-E-H-A-U-T-E-I-N-T-E-R-I-O-R-S. Okay, perfect. So I will also link to that. And I'm not going to let you go yet. I just wanted to... Make sure everybody is listening and they like how that process sounds and they know how to get in touch with you. Sarah, what is one book that you recommend everybody read? It can be about design, but it can be about anything. Mm, Interesting. One book. Can't help but, you know, think of The Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. What I love about this book is... There's a lot of case studies and research that come into play in this book, and it just proves a certain theory of how hard work helps people get where they would want to be. So, uh, yeah, that's the main uh, idea of the book. It's, it's really interesting. I recommend that book to everyone. I'm also going to link to it in the notes to the show. Sure. And I'm going to add it to my reading list. I've never read that. It's a very, very interesting book. It just tells you how, like, he has a rule of a certain number of hours. It has nothing to do with your skills or, of course it does, but like most of the people who really made it in life are the people who put a certain number. And he has this theory of what the number of, I forgot the number of hours, but he has a theory that this number of hours is bound to get you to success in whatever you do. Interesting. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) And Sarah, what is one healthy way that you handle stress in your life? Caitlin, if you have one, please share it with me. (laughs) (laughs) I like to cry sometimes. That (laughs) Thank you. Gosh, um, handle stress. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, when you work with deadlines, it can be very stressful and you have, you know, like clients who are always have questions and you know like your staff I outsource a lot of my staff too so when you have to follow up with everyone and and try to you know meet deadlines and make everybody happy <laughs> it can get stressful so just I take a break sometimes I say okay I'm taking this number of hours or today is going to be a break for me 
I stay away from everything. And so I come back when I go back, I'm like, I feel fresh and I can start all over again, you know, get into the battle again. But generally, uh, yeah, I just take a break. <laughs> I take a break and just uh, spend time with my family or, you know, do something I love. Just get, you know, my mind of everything. What kind of things do you love to do? I like to read. I like, you know, when I get a chance to read, I do that. So I'm using like this now that we're working all remotely. I'm trying to read more and more <laughs> during this, you know, isolation time. And I like to cook and I like to take quiet walks alone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's... Uh... <laughs> That sounds very good. Very relaxing. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah. What do you do, Caitlin? Let me see. <laughs> um, I mean, I like to exercise. I think I'm also, I'm a communicator, as you might be able to tell. So I... I can. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so some stuff I need to be alone to process. So I might kind of go for a walk. Like what you said, just... Mm-hmm. Try to feel what I'm feeling and otherwise sometimes talking through things with people I'm close to helps me get a different perspective. Or yeah, you have a very nice and relaxing tone of voice. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's such a blessing for one to know what the strong point they have like, and, and work with that. That's really like, uh, that's, uh, I think that's amazing uh, oh, that's that, you know, to realize it is a blessing. <laughs> Well, if you want to know a funny anecdote, I was um, upset about something recently, something stressful happened with my family. It's okay, but I was uh, exercising and I was crying, but I didn't stop exercising because I was crying. I kept doing it and my boyfriend was watching me. He's like, I never saw anybody exercise and cry. And I'm like, well, (laughs) you know, when I do a new exercise, I feel pain in a different part and I just kind of Crying. Oh, you go harder, maybe. You even go harder on parents. <laughs> but that sounds relieving, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was yoga. It wasn't like running sprints or something. But oh, was- okay. Okay. I was trying to think you're on a treadmill. No, no. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yoga is good. Yoga is really good. I do it sometimes, too. Yes. It's relaxing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like now when we don't have so many options because of the quarantine, you can't go to your gym. So it's a good form of home exercise. I absolutely agree. Yeah. What is coming up for you, Sarah? What is next on your horizon? So right now, do you know how the situation is with the quarantine? We're just living out by the day. You know, we're still working on the clients we have. We're getting projects still, thank God, although we're working remotely, but we were we're fine. So I'm happy that clients are still moving. Like they're not stopping work because of everything. They're actually still, everyone's still hopeful to get out of this situation soon. So generally we have plans to set up, like right now we we are partnered with a fit out contractor in Dubai for like a lot of clients ask us if we do execution. Like, you know, we have a lot of clients in Dubai, in the States and Dubai. So we get asked that question a lot. And like I said, we have a partners that do the execution for us in Dubai but we're thinking of maybe hopefully soon setting up an office in Dubai where we can do everything on our own that's one thing we're thinking of and yes just keep uh, you know delivering our projects like we are Mm -hmm. 
Are you normally splitting your time between Chicago and Dubai? Yes, but most of the projects we work on from here. So we don't need to be there. We get all the photos. If there are site photos, if it's construction is started, we get the plans and all the architectural layouts and floor plans, and we work from there. If we need to go there, if the client wants like site supervision, then we set that up and we go there. But most of our projects are designed from our Chicago office. Well, that's great that you are already working remotely to an extent. It makes the transition easier. Yes, I uh, hope so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is your family in Dubai or in yes. Chicago or both? <laughs> so um, my like mom and dad and siblings are in Dubai and my husband, my kids here. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, okay. In Chicago, okay. yes. So I got married and I moved to Chicago and then I had my two kids here because my husband lived here, but my family. So I go back and forth. I'm supposed to be there now, but you know, with, the, <laughs> with what's going on right now, traveling is limited, but hopefully as soon as this is over, yeah, I'll be going to Dubai. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Mm -hmm. When this is over, if you're ever in Berlin, I'd love to catch up with you in Berlin. I would love to see you too if you, if you ever come here. Do you come here often to see your family? Ah, uh, yeah. I go to the U.S. usually twice a year to see my family. I'm actually nice. scheduled to go to, to fly through Chicago in July to go to my cousin's wedding in Omaha. So Is it still going? I don't know. As far as I know, I mean, it's still, it's not canceled. It's still planned. So hopefully um, we'll be able to fly there. Oh, yeah, I really hope so. Actually, my brother's wedding was supposed to be in August. Oh. We don't know right now. <laughs> yeah, it's the same situation. Where in August? Yeah. In Beirut. Okay. Oh, cool. That's where I'm originally from, actually. Oh, ah. yes. Yeah, but right now, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know anything. Exactly. Well, if anything, your profession is more important right now because people are spending so much time in their homes. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people are realizing that they wished their home was a bit more... How important, yes, because yeah. you spend a lot of time, and if anything, you're going to be locked in your home. Exactly. So, yeah, it's interesting that people, you know, I'm working with, like, my clients, they all still ask them, do you want to, you know, wait a little bit? Or And they're like, no, no, we're good. Just <laughs> and that's good to see. Mm -hmm. Well, that is encouraging. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, hopefully soon things will go back to normal. My boyfriend was like, oh, it's an exciting time to be alive. And I said, it is an exciting time to be alive during this quarantine in some way, but it will be more exciting if it ends and then we can look back on it, not if it continues. Definitely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the positivity. <laughs> yes, definitely interesting time to be because it's going to de definitely be in every single history book. <laughs> mm -hmm. Are you homeschooling your children now then, as well as working from home? Uh, my kids are very young. Like, one is not even in school yet, and oh, okay. the other one is in kindergarten. Okay. So, so they just put him off school, and they send across, like, you know, homeworks and stuff for us to do with him at home. But, like I said, he's in kindergarten, and the boy is in kindergarten. The girl is still, she's going to be preschool next year. Okay, okay. So they're still young that you don't have to work with them on algebra in your, in no, your no, yes, yes. Okay.
Well, I will let you get back to your day, Sarah. I really enjoyed Thank you so much. You. I really liked speaking to you, and I was looking for an interior designer. So I was looking around a little bit, and then I found you, and I really just love your designs. I love your pictures. And as you were talking, I'm like, oh, I'm probably like her ideal client because her designs resonate with me. And I do kind of actually love Middle Eastern music, for instance. I love, you know, Jordan. Yeah, You've I, been to Jordan? Yeah. I just like, I love that style. You know, a lot of your clients are in Dubai, not all of them. But I was like, maybe no. that's why it resonates with me so much. I really ha love that type of like, you know, that grand style. It's beautiful. It's subtle, but it's in your face at the same time. So, mm. well, thank you. Appreciate yeah. your kindness. Thank you so much. A lot of our clients in Dubai, and a lot of them are here, actually, specifically in New York. Mm. So it's interesting, you know, where... <laughs> And yeah, we have a few in the Middle East as well, and Saudi, Kuwait, Jordan, and of course the States. So we've, I've done a few projects in uh, Switzerland as well. Mm. Yes. We work globally. I mean, like I said, we do work off plans, so it makes it easy. And that's where design is going, and like interior design now, and a lot of other fields people are working like remotely right now and it's becoming easier. A lot of interior designers are doing their work from, you know, wherever they're based off internationally. So without even needing to travel. That is true. Well, one day um, when we move into a new place, I would love for you to design our place. I'll be in contact with you then about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you for your interest in my work and thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, it's my pleasure. It's an honor to be with you, Caitlin. Thank you. You've been very pleasant too with your oh. questions and made it so easy for me. <laughs> oh. Well, I really enjoyed getting a chance to speak to you and learn more about interior design. So thank you so much for your time, Sarah. Thank you. I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Likewise. Thank you, Caitlin. Maybe next time it'll be a video. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, great. Have a good okay. one. You too. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.